Hello, and welcome to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Welcome back to another episode of the Curious One podcast. This episode, I sit down with Harriet Robinson. Harriet has her own podcast called Wannabe Greener. Wannabe Greener is a great resource all about sustainable living. In the podcast, Harriet meets inspirational people whose actions are making big changes in terms of sustainability. Harriet is also a journalist and presenter, fronting news reports from BBC TV and radio, as well as Radio New Zealand. The coolest part about this conversation with Harriet is that it's one of the first times we ever met, as we only connected through a Facebook group dedicated to fellow podcasters. As I set out on this journey to create the Curious One podcast, this is exactly what I wanted. To meet and connect with new people who are like-minded, but yet still help to broaden my perspective. Originally from Bristol, UK, Harriet is currently living in Wellington, New Zealand. How cool is it that I was able to make a new friend all the way across the world? I hope you enjoy our chit chat as we talk about sustainability, the zero waste movement, social media, and we both uncover a bit about why we chose to create our very own podcasts. I hope you enjoy this episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. So considering we don't know each other yet, I was just wondering if you could give a bit of background into who you are and what you're up to in this season in your life, because I know that's a pretty broad question. Um, but yeah, maybe just sure. some current things that you're you're doing now. Okay, so I'm Harriet. Um, so I've been working as a, I guess, a journalist. Well, work, I I've been working in kind of radio and broadcasting for a long time. So I've been working for the BBC since my kind of early 20s, um, volunteering in radio and community radio um, in Bristol in the UK. And then just before I left and moved to New Zealand, I was working in TV. So I was doing some TV reporting for the news and some other kind of technical bits. Um, And I've always been quite into tooth side so kind of music journalism so I ran a music radio show and a music tv show all about up and coming kind of local Bristol music um and therefore ended up doing kind of tv reports about that and then my other interest was sustainability so and Bristol is like probably the greenest city in the UK so I was in the really? right place yeah super green oh, I did not know that. um I think it has the best <laughs> Fun fact, it has the best recycling rates in the country. It's it's, it's really good at recycling. Um, so, yeah, just kind of got really into kind of sustainability in the environment over the past few years. So kind of tried to bring that through a little bit in my work, but also got inspired to start doing this blog, Want to Be Greener. So I launched that about just over two years ago as a kind of, um I kind of I think it's kind of a way to inspire myself to get off my butt and actually change my lifestyle a bit and therefore 
then the podcast came out of that. Um, and then I, I don't know what kind of timeline I'm doing here. I'm doing it in a very strange order. Um, <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> and then, but then I, I kind of hadn't, to be honest, the podcast thing was like an idea that I started like a year ago and never really finished. And then in about October, I moved to New Zealand just for a year. It was just my partner and I just, I don't know, we just wanted to have a different way of life and experience something new. And we'd been to New Zealand for a friend's wedding a couple of years ago, and it's just the most beautiful place ever. So we got jobs and came over and I've been here since October. I live in Wellington, which is really cool. It's very windy, but um, but it's a really it's a really nice place. It's really beautiful. And I currently work at um, Radio New Zealand. So I do some reporting and I write news bulletins and stuff um, there outside of doing podcasting stuff. So, yeah, that's so cool. That's like actually the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um, Australia and I did the, like a working holiday in Australia. So like the same thing that you're doing in New Zealand, I'm assuming. One of my first friends I made was American and she had gone to Australia to like do a working holiday and she was writing a book. And I don't know, just something about like writing and journalism. I just find it so fascinating and it's <laughs> something that I'm super interested in. So. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I think it's it's not as glamorous or exciting sometimes as, as people think. Like, especially if you're working in local radio, you're going to report on, like, you know, uh, a dog stuck in a tree or something sometimes. Yeah. Or, you know, some four people protesting about a new railway track or something. But, you know, <laughs> but it's But I'm sure, I'm sure in New Zealand, like, just being in a different country is that's been a whole experience in itself even if it's local yeah. news it's still interesting because it would be like oh the Vegemite I don't know pandemic or something I mean the cool thing about being in New Zealand is I'm working for for national radio here but but it's kind of like local because nothing happens in New Zealand <laughs> like there's no news it's so weird. So, yeah. but yeah, it's cool. And just also learning like um, Maori, Maori language, like, because yeah. there's lots of words they use here. So I'm constantly like, what is this word? How do I say it? So it's like quite an interesting different culture to get used to. Oh, I'm so, sure. So yeah, that's quite cool. Mm. That's so cool too, that you're like fully embracing it. But that's one thing I admired about New Zealand compared to somewhere like Australia or even Canada, how they really embrace their native people and the culture is so prominent mm. within New Zealand. Yeah. I can speak for Canada. We just brushed a lot of um, a lot of things under the carpet here, which is really unfortunate, um, whereas they've really embraced it, which is cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about um, Canada, to be honest, but <laughs> I, know in, I know in Australia, yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. And I mean, there are definitely issues, very long-term issues that have been going on for a while with Indigenous people in New Zealand. But they're, you know, they're definitely more involved in the conversation and more integrated than Aboriginal people in Australia seem to be, which is a good mm -hmm. thing. But there are mm -hmm. definitely issues like them, you know, Indigenous people are more likely to be in poverty. There's lots of issues around ownership from when European people came over and took over and I don't know the intricacies of it but I know mm -hmm. that there's there are problems still mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah oh uh, yeah like um, we don't really learn much about Canadian history actually I don't really 
there's not much yeah. to it i mean compared to england yeah. like i was just there in in january and i'm going to buildings that were born in or sorry that were built in the 1400s whereas here yeah. if we have a building that's like 100 years old it's it's groundbreaking yeah that's so <laughs> funny like we i did go to um canada and new york last year and mm my boyfriend and I were saying it's so funny there'll be a pub that's like yeah like that 100 years old and everyone's going oh have you been there it's so old and we're like really we've <laughs> yeah. got places that are like 800 years old <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> yeah. I know my my boyfriend's from uh like he's from near Sunderland and um so mm. I was up in he's from Seam so I was up there and yeah we're in yeah. this pub that like his granddad used to go to and then like his granddad's granddad and just everyone and he's telling me the whole history of this one building and I literally my jaw dropped I was just <laughs> I have nothing comparable to that here in Canada so that is um, one thing I miss about Britain is like the the history and the culture there's there's just so much of it yeah um, and there is there is here but it's a different kind so totally different yeah. yeah it's more like the nature and such to it yeah exactly are you able to kind of speak to your journey towards, I'm going to use the word zero waste, but is that kind of the mm. vocabulary that you would use or just more sustainable living? Is that what you prefer? I'd say more sustainable living because, yeah. well, I mean, I feel like a hypocrite because I, you know, I buy things in plastic and like sometimes and I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm zero waste because my view of zero waste is people who don't create any waste and I definitely create waste. And actually, since being in New Zealand, it's been harder because, like, for example, they don't take food waste in Wellington and I don't have a garden. So then I've, I'm creating food waste that I never used to do and things like that. Um, mm. and, it's, and also with lockdown, it's kind of made things maybe a bit yes. more difficult. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, I guess thinking back... As a kid, I was kind of always brought up not to waste things. And my parents are a little bit older. They grew up, they were born in like 1950. So I think their attitude was back then, you know, you didn't waste things because you didn't waste money. And why would you waste things? Like people back then just didn't do that. And so I was always brought up not to waste things as much as possible, especially food more than anything. Um, and then I don't know why, I just got really interested in like recycling and <laughs> and sustainability and I think I think a lot of people are now as well because of stuff like I, I guess you will have seen Blue Planet and all the David Attenborough stuff and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just all the videos and things that we can watch now I think just kind of shocked me into it a bit more um, and I don't know when that point was really that I just decided to do something more drastic about it but I do remember when I was at um at the BBC in Bristol, uh, we have like, I'm I'm sure with other works, like these big recycling bins and people like my mum's age, age were chucking cans and plastic into the general waste bin and it just used to frustrate me so much and it sounds really petty but I'd get really annoyed at them and start putting stickers on the bins and send emails around the office like, come on guys, <laughs> you're, we're grown-ups, can we not at least like put things in the right bin? Um, and then, and then because of that, I managed to win um, BBC Bristol Green Champion of the Year for sorting oh, out the recycling bins. So I know, thanks, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think because of, um, I think that kind of started me thinking. Do you know what? 
you can like you can make small changes that will have a big difference because that those that little bit of me nagging and putting stickers on things actually meant that I saved loads of um, waste from going to landfill and so I thought maybe there's more that I can do so I started working you know at home I'd get people recycling more and thinking more about it and then I started this Instagram blog called Wanna Be Greener and it was kind of just a way for me to mm, I guess put it out there like I've decided I'm going to be greener so if I put it in a public forum then I've got to do it um, and so I started blogging and putting pictures up and loads of people were I was getting like really good feedback from people and people were saying oh you've inspired me to do this and to do this so I started looking into more things and more ways to be more sustainable and then I don't know I started realizing that there's like it's really confusing that <laughs> there's so many different elements to living sustainable sustainably there's you know zero waste living there's ways to reduce your food waste there's you know activism there's all these things that you could be doing and it's how do you even begin to change your lifestyle it's so easy to just live the way we live and just go to the supermarket and buy everything in plastic and drive your car and fly everywhere um how are you meant to make those changes and that's when I that's when I started the podcast because I thought why don't I interview people and literally work out how we can just talk about it rather than it being like, oh, look at this person with their cupboard with the perfectly um, lined up jars and stickers mm. and everything looks so, so beautiful and Insta ready. I can never be that, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. just not something I can aspire to be because I don't have that lifestyle. So now I am not, I'm not zero waste. So I, I can't tell you that I am zero waste, but I definitely um, have reduced my waste and my impact on the environment a lot. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not I I wouldn't claim to be zero waste, but um, is anyone really zero waste? I'm uh -huh. not sure. I don't well, know. Well, we were talking via email before we started recording, and you said to me, "My ethos is along the lines of do what you can, try to reduce as much as possible, but we can't all afford, or we don't all have the time to go 100% zero waste." And this is something yeah. that you seem to speak about within your podcast, at least in the. I think it was the zero waste episode or how to go mm -hmm. zero waste. It can be very intimidating, this entire zero waste movement. And I, I'm the same as you. I find it quite interesting. I think it kind of stemmed from the lines of me coming across minimalism and with minimalism came intentional living. And if you only have a few things in your life, I want it to be like sustainable things, things that are going to last and I can reuse, yeah. etc. have multiple purposes. And then from there, it, it kind of mesh into I'm gonna just call it the zero waste movement like learning about that and um yeah it can just it can just be very intimidating so I really admire that you really highlight that these people that are fitting their entire garbage in their jars and um that are producing zero waste that's that's truly not realistic um no no I didn't think said, so yeah, you even had that conversation with um, with that young woman. E even she said, like, she doesn't believe that it's real. And it's just crazy how social media 
I don't know. It, it, it can be a positive thing and really inspire us. But at the same time on social media around this zero waste movement, it's like you said, it's these beautiful jars with the perfect labels and all the matching um, bins and bags, etc. And it makes it look really glamorous when at the end of the day, I don't think the zero waste movement, if you're doing it correctly, I don't think it is really glamorous, right? No. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it because you can take nice Instagram photos. You should <laughs> yeah. be doing it because you don't want to waste so much. And like when I think, you know, I'll go to the refill shop and get like my flour and pasta and stuff like that. And I'm not going to go and buy all new glass jars when I have all these leftover takeaway containers that I've had for like a year. I might as well just fill those up. What's the point? If I chuck those out and then go and buy new jars because it'll look pretty, then I'm creating waste. It just, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and I think, (laughs) yeah, it is. And I think there's a lot of pressure to have that perfect lifestyle. At the same time, I don't think that we should use that as an excuse to say Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, I didn't do it because it's, there's there's too much pressure or, you know, I couldn't possibly do that. We can all do a little bit for sure. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think social media is, is awful in some ways like you said it can be really inspiring but sometimes it it just puts so much pressure on you like we all Mm -hmm. know how to waste less like we don't all know but we know little things that we can do Mm -hmm. without having to go out and buy all this stuff when you first started out do you remember what some of your first swaps were it doesn't necessarily have to be swaps but what some of your first actions were maybe you said recycling you were really into yeah yeah, notice, everyone at like, work thought it was like my hobby. They were like, oh, Harriet loves <laughs> recycling. I was like, I don't love recycling. I just I just do it. <laughs> I thought you worked um, for like the, the gar- like the recycling program within Bristol or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember once um, something happened when, like, because I worked on live TV news and um, something happened once where we kept going off air and the presenter was like, oh, we'll just get Harriet to come on and talk about recycling. I was like, <laughs> shut up. I don't love recycling. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like the first, so the first thing I did, and I remember the first, one of the first ever posts that I did on Instagram was I bought myself a reusable water bottle. And now mm. I can't believe I didn't have one. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Why didn't I have a reusable water bottle? And then mm-hmm. I got a coffee cup and then... One of the best things I found really early on was a this kind of face cloth that you just wet and use to wash your face, take up your take up take off your makeup, um, and that meant I got rid of um, a pot like a plastic pot of makeup remover. It got meant I got rid of the chemicals that were used in that, um, and I just reuse and wash this cloth. And I thought, oh, if I could do that with this, then there's so many other things I can swap. Mm-hmm. So then from there, I, you know, start getting shampoo bars and then started refilling things. And like you said, the kind of minimalist, um, minimalism movement. Yeah, I started cutting down on things and realizing I don't need this product. I don't need this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely started with a reusable water bottle. And it seems mm-hmm. crazy to me. I, I didn't have one. I'm the same. I think I, I started with reusable water bottle just because my mom always gave me one but I drink a lot Mm. of water and that's usually why I would carry it around I went to Bali uh in November and if I'm honest like you have to you kind of I mean I know there is ways to not buy plastic water bottles but even just then during my short two weeks that I was there just like 
constantly buying water bottles. It was just so weird. It's just... Yeah. yeah. I did that in Mexico last year because, um, yeah, like, they were saying not to drink the water. And this is another element of, like, this is a thing I run into with um, my issues with going green, is that I have um, ulcerative colitis, which is a problem with my gut. And so that prevented me from like going vegan initially and oh, yeah. when there's a worry about water I think do you know what I need to think about my health here I need mm-hmm. clean water so then mm-hmm. I you know little things like that I think I'd better buy water in bottles so I just would buy like the hugest bottle I could find and then yeah recycle yeah. make sure I recycle <laughs> it basically yeah but yeah I don't I don't know what I did before I had a, a reusable I guess I think what I would do is like buy a bottle of water and then use that bottle for as long as possible Mm -hmm. but then you've got the bpa worries so do you find now that you've gone to wellington like that was one obstacle that i faced a bit when in regards to traveling and reducing your single use um like plastics because especially if you're in somewhere for a short period of time it's a bit difficult to kind of bring everything and a lot of times I try and just only bring a carry-on and things like that and so I find in in if I'm traveling between like Canada and England or America or something it's fine I can bring my reusable water bottle and like my reusable coffee cup and stuff but some other places it's, it's a bit more difficult and even just moving to Wellington when I was in Australia a lot of the places I would I was staying it would only be temporary I'd only be there for about three months to six months to one month etc I don't have a lot of money I was a backpacker but I couldn't justify going out and purchasing and investing in uh, I can't give you an example but just <laughs> yeah that, yeah well you know what yeah I mean? so for example I was talking to someone yesterday about composting and mm. we don't have a I live in an apartment like I guess I'm not backpacking but we did spend a couple of months in hostels trying to find a flat and then also we're probably leaving in about four months so there's yeah things like a compost bin I'm probably not going to invest in because by the time I've got it going I'm going to have to leave and then I'm what am I going to do with that and I don't have a garden so some things I just haven't been able to do and yeah stuff like traveling being on the plane everything comes in plastic Mm. doesn't it like you get your Mm. meal and the knife and fork or in this little sealed plastic bag and you have that oh so much stuff yeah. I've kind of since because I've the hard thing is I do like traveling um which is again not great for sustainability but mm-hmm. one thing I have learned is to this like it's okay to say can I not have this please like if they give you a plastic bottle of water but you've already got water on you on the plane I'll just say can you just take it back rather than I think it's kind of habit to just open it and just use it but if you don't need to mm-hmm then don't and really what I should buy is some takeaway cutlery so that when I'm on the plane or wherever else I can kind of use that but yeah I mean I I think New Zealand's pretty green and Wellington especially there's lots of there's lots of vegan shops there's lots of refill shops and they're all in a walking distance from my home so I haven't been too bad um and I have tried to I try to refill as much as possible um I did have a water bottle which I left at my friend's house on Christmas and she hasn't given back to me 
and she told me she's not sure she's even washed it yet so yeah so i haven't drank water since no yeah (laughs) i'm so thirsty um yeah traveling's definitely a hard one but since moving here i think i'm really lucky that i came from bristol to wellington two super eco-friendly cities so it's Mm -hmm. not been bad and actually i've you know you kind of tend to make friends with people who have similar values i've made friends with uh, a lot of people who who do feel the same um so a friend said she, if i start putting my food um peelings into a bucket she'll pick it up and take it to a compost bin near her house so actually okay. it kind of works out so yeah not too bad mm-hmm. something that i find is is quite um common in regards to the this kind of movement is is the the community around it and how much easier it is when you do have a community to help you, right? Moving on to your podcast. So your podcast is called Wannabe Greener. I've listened to a couple episodes because we only got in contact, um, honestly, just a few days ago, I want to say. Yeah, we've moved quickly. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to give a bit of a summary on what the podcast is? I know you did prior, but um, maybe just Yeah, sure. Yeah, so basically the idea came about because, uh, as I said, kind of through through me challenging myself to want to become more green, more eco-friendly in my lifestyle, I realised that there's so much conflicting information out there. And if, you're, if you don't know anything, say you want to go vegan, but you, you Google it, you'll there's so many different articles that are confusing. Also, there's challenges of money. I think living a sustainable lifestyle seems like it costs a lot of money. There's confusing, lots of information. There's time. It can seem quite time-consuming. So I was like, oh, my God, I, I don't even know where to start. But luckily, because of my work and the community I have around me, I know a lot of people who are doing these things, and they're doing them really well. So I decided to start a podcast and each episode is a different topic, um, a different eco topic that kind of breaks down all those myths and questions that we have about that lifestyle and shows that it can be done and it doesn't have to necessarily cost you money. It doesn't have to um, take up all your time and it doesn't have to be confusing. You also don't have to do it 100% like we were saying with zero waste. So the first one was how to get rid of plastic or how to ditch the plastic and it's with a guy from Greenpeace and a really inspirational woman I know called Natalie Fee um, and she's this plastic anti-plastic campaigner and runs a, a charity called City to Sea and they're doing stuff like um, stopping um, period plastic 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 free periods that's it <laughs> they're trying what to get like plastic they're they're trying to get um they're working on the plastic-free periods movement. So they're trying to get um, all of the kind of supermarkets and even schools in the UK to introduce plastic-free period products. Um, So And they they do loads of amazing stuff like that, basically. And I thought, well, if I can get inspirational people like Nat to come and speak, I'm sure I I can find more. And actually, I found loads of incredible people Um, So Mm -hmm. each episode is like how to go vegan, how to reduce plastic waste. And then I'm kind of trying to branch out into the less tangible topics like um, how to deal with eco-anxiety, which is the Mm -hmm. latest one. And that one was so interesting for me. Like 
I finished the interview and thought, oh my God, everything they've just said makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the podcasts are helping people to kind of understand a little bit more and helping me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of showing that that it's it's not as intimidating as we think it is to live more sustainably. Mm -hmm. No, truly, I really admire your podcast because we connected just because we both had a podcast. But then once I, I... listened to your podcast I was really fascinated by the content that you were making because the approach I feel like that you're taking is not something that I've come across quite often a lot of times it's just a lot of information like you said like bombarding us with like this is why you shouldn't use plastic you need to go vegan and and all these things whereas Mm. you're kind of questioning it questioning it and breaking down the barriers into it and 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 even just going into like the the sorry the eco anxiety is that what it was called yeah yeah um like, like I, I, I've never, I've never seen any content, any videos, any interviews where they've talked about that. And maybe it's just my own ignorance, mm-hmm. but I think that's really cool that you're, that you're asking these kinds of questions and talking about these things. Oh, thanks. I think also mm-hmm. one thing I've realized lately is that there's so much negative stuff out there and I am, and this from list from doing the eco anxiety podcast, it made me think about this more that I really want to try and put out more positive stuff and more actual practical information rather than mm-hmm. like a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the blogs and stuff you follow are just telling you terrible things that are happening in the world and how we're making it worse mm-hmm. not giving you uh the the tips on how to stop that they're just saying oh my god look at all these bad things happening yeah um, so I yeah. think that was also that's also kind of an important thing for me is yeah we should know about these things but also what can we do to change that so you said that you found people to come on your podcast just through your personal network do you is that how you found everyone or um, is there other ways that you find people no so I so basically I've I recorded three quite a while ago ago like over a year ago when I was back in Bristol and there were people I'd either interviewed before for various radio stuff or who I just they were like a contact of a contact or something mm-hmm. uh, and then I just didn't have time when I was there to actually put the podcast out and when I came over here I edited them put them out and then I don't actually know many people in New Zealand to be honest so I just did loads of research loads of googling loads of looking for like keywords of people that have maybe had an article written about them 10 years ago or something that was the the woman that talks about living self-sufficiently who is she's amazing uh such a good character caroline murray i found that she'd written a book in new zealand about how to live self-sufficiently but it came out in it came out in 2010 um and i couldn't even find the book anywhere but i just read up on it and thought oh my god she surely she's still living like this so I got in contact with her and she was so it was just digging really just thinking of a topic that I would find interesting and then digging for somebody that seemed to be to be doing that really you've had such a strong foundation going into the like creating the podcast um and a network for it what made you choose the the medium of podcasting rather than blogging or um making a youtube channel etc um I think I just like the sound of my own voice no I don't know what it is I um 
I wouldn't want to do a YouTube channel because I, that's just like too much work for me. And my mm -hmm. background is in radio, so I already have like a good microphone. I can do sound editing. I'm not very hot on video editing and I just, like even though I've been doing radio stuff for a long time, I still do cringe at my voice. So I would also probably cringe at the videos. So yeah, I, I mean, I just love making radio shows and I know it's not a radio show, but that's what I've done for years. I just, mm -hmm. I love talking to people and I think podcasts are, are better than radio programs because you just have, so you have time and you have control over it. When you, when you make a radio program, usually it's like an hour or two hours. You have several guests, you have to hit certain time deadlines. Like someone will come in and you're like, oh, well, they've got to go by quarter two because we've got, got to play that song or whatever. With a podcast, you can have a proper in-depth conversation with someone. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I think video can be quite intimidating for a lot of guests. And I think probably most of them wouldn't want to have done it if I said I was going to film them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, just, I just love the medium of a podcast. I just love how you can just get really into a subject. And, you know, you don't want to go on for hours, but you can, you can really pull it apart. Um, mm -hmm. and with other mediums, it's, it's a bit more difficult. Yeah, I completely Why, What agree. about you? Why did you decide to do a podcast? I, I always listened to podcasts and really enjoyed them. Like I was a podcast fiend when they, when I first discovered them, I was constantly listening to them. And then yeah. I'm naturally just a very curious person, hence the title of my podcast. And I would yeah. find during conversations with my peers or even at work with uh, fellow employees, I would be having these conversations with them that weren't maybe necessarily appropriate for the setting, like me asking a coworker yeah. her whole life story while we're on a retail floor isn't maybe the most appropriate setting, but I really just wanted to create a space where I could dive deeper and mm. have these conversations. And so I agree, it, podcasting just allows the space and the time for us to, to talk further and to have these more meaningful conversations. So yeah. That's kind of I why I, I, I got into it. And I love it. <laughs> and It's honestly, just really fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's so much fun. And um, I'm not one of those people that just... I don't know if, if people are like this, but I, I imagine so with like video creators and stuff. But I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like Even though I have my own podcast, I'm still obsessed with other people's podcasts. And I just gain so much value from them. And I just really like that you can multitask when you listen to them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah so yeah to stick it on and do it. something exactly. I think also that's really important to listen to other people's because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people so we're going off a bit off track here but like I think a lot that's of people okay. <laughs> take on uh, a uh, a hobby or whatever and don't listen to like if you start making a podcast and you don't listen to podcasts you're never going to improve because you need to listen to all the different types that are out there and listen to how other people do it and have actually have that passion for it and if you don't have the passion for it in the first place then yours isn't going to be that good mm -hmm. so 100%. I think definitely good to to listen to others and, and be inspired by other people mm -hmm. even just even listening... if it's a completely different topic yeah a thousand percent even when I first listened to yours yours um has a way different layout than mine. Mine's a lot more of like a casual conversation, whereas yours mm. is 
like I could tell you were a BBC reporter. Yours was so legit. <laughs> so even just listening <laughs> oh, to a no, couple of like stuffy. <laughs> no, it was no, I meant that in a, as a compliment, a thousand percent. Um, but even just listening to yours, I now am stepping back and I'm kind of thinking, okay, how are some ways that I can refine mine, provide a little bit more structure? I like how efficient yours is, etc. And so, um, yeah, it is. It is super interesting to. Like we're all doing the same thing, but yet they're also different, the podcasts, let mm. alone the topic yeah. or the structure. Yeah, for sure. So I thought that I would ask you my lightning round questions. So okay. if you haven't listened to previous episodes, I have three lightning round questions. And it's the same question that I ask each guest. And it's mm-hmm. lightning round. So to be answered in a short summary off the top of your head but you're more than welcome to unbox the answer if you feel the need to all right so the first question in the lightning round is how do you define success um I think success is defined by happiness I think it's not defined by your job or you know specific kind of achievements that you can put down on paper I think I think it's different for everyone but I think for me happiness is 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 success the second question of the lightning round is if you were to be given 10 million dollars tomorrow what would you do with it oh I always talk about this and I never know what I would do but I think that mainly I would feel really guilty and weird about having that money and I would give (laughs) loads of it away I know I would because I just would feel I'd feel this horrible conscience so I think I'd get really stressed about who to give it to and where it should go and then I'd end up with like nothing left maybe more of it would be more of an obligation than a gift for you yeah I think like yeah weirdly I entered lotto this week because I was like woohoo I've been paid loads of money should we enter the lottery and my boyfriend was like yeah sure and then I did it and he was like it's the most pointless thing we can do. Like, <laughs> no one ever... Like, you have such a... The like, odds. one in... Yeah, 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 it's so pointless, but, you know. Whatever. Whatever. Something, something yeah. changing. Life is pretty yeah. pretty calm right now with this whole um, COVID pandemic, so... Maybe yeah. it was just a little, a little change-up of the day. A little flutter, um, yeah. <laughs> the third and final question is, what is one thing that you are grateful for today? I am grateful for... I'm grateful for lots of things. I guess I'm grateful for the fact that I have grown up in a part of the world where I have the privileges I do, that I can travel, that I can get a job and earn money. And, you know, as a woman, I'm, okay, maybe not equal, but, you know, more equal to men than I would be in other countries. So I'm just like, I think I'm grateful for being, yeah, being born in the place I was born. Mm-hmm. I really like and that falling answer. into the privileges I had. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's great. If people want to get in contact with you, what would be the best way to do so? Um, probably the best way is to get in touch by Instagram, which is at wannabe.greener, or I do have an email address for that, which is what is it? It's wannabegreener at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And Wannabe Greener is the name of your podcast. Is that on all podcasting platforms or almost Yes, all of them? and it's yeah. just Wannabe is just one word. It's like the Spice Girls song title, <laughs> Wannabe Greener. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Clearly my inspiration from the <laughs> Well, thank you so much thank you. for sitting down and recording with me all the way from Wellington, New Zealand. 
Um, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. It's been fun. Wow. I just want to say a huge thank you to Harriet. Not only did I enjoy our conversation, but it was such a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to remaining connected and seeing how our friendship grows. All of Harriet's information can be found in the show notes. I highly recommend you checking out her podcast, Wanna Be Greener. As Howard Thurman once said, don't ask yourself what the world needs, ask yourself what makes you come alive, and then go and do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. As always, thank you once again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with someone you think will gain value from it as well. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.